The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? This is good. This is good. I was listening to Busta on the way in today, so I feel even better. I feel right at home. I think it was DJ Wonder. I'm not sure. It's weird when you're in your car and you're really feeling it, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and you go, this is going to be a great day, or I'm expending all my energy a little bit too early. The Rosillo Show, solo today, sort of. Uh, this is good for me, at least, because I don't spend a lot of time by myself, so get a little time away. Steven Jackson, one solid hour of Steven Jackson telling us NBA stories and also who he least like playing against. I just saw him in the calf. I prepped him up. He's got heavy portions, so he's going to have a lot of energy. So we have one full hour. It's going to start 2 Eastern here on the Rosillo Show with Steven Jackson, one of our best NBA analysts. And honestly, one of the best, not NBA storytellers, pro-athlete storytellers that I've ever run into. A bunch of things that I want to get to. Mike Mitchell sound. Everybody loves it from the Steelers, and you should love it. It's good stuff. It's raw. It's real. It's honest. We like that stuff. Um, but I, I don't know if I can take his side, even though I usually take the side of the safeties. We'll get to that in a little bit. I want to congratulate Tennessee. And that's where I want to start. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. So Tennessee spent a lot of time getting beat up. Getting beat up by pretty much everybody with a microphone. It felt a little bit like late night TV, right? Those monologues. Because when when you get beat up publicly, 24, maybe 48 hours, and then we move on. But for Tennessee, it went a lot longer. And then you had other people making fun of Tennessee that wouldn't normally be making fun of Tennessee because it was supposed to be Shiano. It was then supposed to be Jeff Brom. Then it was supposed to be Dave Doran. And then it was going to be Mike Leach. And then all of a sudden, you didn't have an AD. And there's probably six other names I could throw in there if I was trying to make a point. But we all know the timeline. And it went on a lot longer for Tennessee than you would have thought. Not that Tennessee isn't deserving of criticism, but because, and it's not because Tennessee is a lesser program, it's just, all right, we need to move on. Generally, we move on. But when the late night talk shows start doing jokes with what do cavemen and Tennessee fans have in common, they both communicate using rocks, you go, all right, and that was supposed to be bad on purpose because it's late night TV. I would never use that on this show. But now it's kind of over because they've hired defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt. And you go, wait a minute, that guy's with Bama, been in Florida State, He's an Alabama guy, and I know a lot of times when you hire the assistant, and there's plenty of assistants that don't necessarily mean it's the lock that you're going to be successful, but football people around the country are applauding you, Tennessee. They're going, you know what? That was good. And now it kind of feels over. Isn't that fun? Like, it wasn't fun during the week, but now it's kind of over. And Lewis Riddick is screaming on Twitter last night, saying this is a slam dunk hire, even if he's not the biggest name. So now it kind of feels over, and everybody's moved on, and nobody really cares about Tennessee anymore, meaning nationally. Like, the jokes aren't going to keep happening. I mean, they're going to happen on your message boards. They're going to happen with Florida and maybe Alabama as rivals. But for the most part, a lot of guys like me will have moved on. And I think there's a lesson in all of this. And the lesson is, is as I tried to tell you last week, nobody really cares that much. It's just you're caught up in that news cycle. It was never personal. When you're in the crosshairs the way you are, Knoxville, at that time, it feels like it's all about you. It feels like everybody's out to get you. It feels like there's all these vendettas, and for the most part, it isn't. We're just filling up content. And when I look back at the timeline of how it's worked in college football, it's very similar. Some are worse, some are better, but it's very consistent. Ohio State fans, when they lost back-to-back national titles, 
felt like everyone was out to get them. And working here at ESPN, it's about when I started, I kept hearing from Ohio State, uh, Ohio State fans all the time, hey, why are you guys beating up on us all the time? Like, what, what are you doing? Why is it our fault that we played in two national title games and got smoked, and somehow that makes us look bad? I remember there was an Ohio State rumor when they lost the Florida game where someone said their left tackle gained 50 pounds between the end of the regular season and the bowl game. I don't even know if that's remotely true. I just know everybody repeated it all the time. Jimmy Johnson called that Florida-Ohio State game the worst coach game he's ever seen in his entire life. And it felt very personal. It felt like you were making it to the peak, losing the title game, and everybody was making fun of you. And they were. And then they moved on. I mean, that one's not even as bad as Alabama. Alabama, at one point, I know this is kind of funny for a lot of you, but Alabama had Mike DeBose, who was out. They brought in Dennis Francione, who left Alabama to go to A&M. Think about this. If you're new to this college football thing, a guy left Tuscaloosa to go to A&M. Now, for him, he wanted to leave because there were some sanctions coming out that were prior to him taking over the gig. He'd gone 10-3. and three. He was telling his players through all of the controversy and all the sanctions that could be coming down. His, his line was, hold the rope, right? Hold the rope. He was like, I'm going to get on a plane, but you go ahead and hold the rope. Bama got laughed at. They brought in Mike Price, who rarely do you have a head coach that is hired from December until May. But he lost his gig for a bunch of reasons. And then Mike Shula. So those were your four Alabama coaches, one that never even made it to be a head coach of a game because of other stuff. And Alabama got made fun of. And Alabama got made fun of for actually going to the airport to worship Nick Saban the same way A&M fans just did it for Jimbo Fisher. Rosilla Show, Straight Talk Wireless, nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. So the point is, is at that time, Ohio State thought they were being made fun of unfairly. Penn State thought the same thing. Now, Penn State, your thing was different. Your thing was more serious. I was just there a month ago. I went on local radio. They asked me, hey, how do you feel about Penn State in the aftermath of everything else? I said, honestly, I think the rest of us have moved on. We started talking about Penn State as playoff worthy last year and whether or not they could repeat that this year as a football team. I understand you're defensive about it, Penn State fan. I understand that you wear it kind of as this this hoodie over your head where you just feel like everybody is down on you and looking down on your program. And yes, there's some that are, but we aren't talking about that anymore nationally. I think Florida State fans went crazy the year after they won a national title because they still weren't as good of a team. They were being criticized more. Rolling Stone wrote this atrocious article about ESPN's bias about Florida State. And by the way, the guy that wrote that, I went and checked his Twitter feed this morning. He made a Jimbo Fisher wife joke this morning. And it was every year. Like What I'm saying is that every single time you think that it's about you, that everyone is out to get you. And it felt that way if you were in Knoxville for about a week and a half. It isn't. We just got stuff to talk about. Like, I saw one conspiracy theory that said that everyone at ESPN that's rep by CAA agencies, or any agent from CAA, because there was some way that Chiano was rep by CAA and that everybody that was on the air at ESPN was ripping Tennessee because of agent ties. I'm telling you right now, if you think Stephen A. Smith ripped Tennessee because he was talking to Shiano's agent, you have no idea how this works. If the over-under is zero for the number of times that Stephen A. Smith has talked to an agent about the Tennessee head coaching job, 
if the over-under is zero, I will still take the under. That's just not the way it worked. But, look, you got Jeremy Pruitt. Everybody likes this guy. Everyone respects him. And now it's over. And it was just rough for about a week and a half. Okay, all day today, we'll be taking no calls. Are we taking calls today? Do we want to? I get a shrug from Saruti. Should we just do it because I'm by myself and we'll just see if like a guy calls in and goes, hey, who do you think is going to be U.S. men's soccer president? I don't know. We should do that. We should do the local radio segment where you can call about anything you want to because we're not doing life advice today. All right, Mike Mitchell went off. He went off on the NFL. He went off on Matt Hasselbeck a little bit. This is tremendous sound. It's very good. It's very honest. But it doesn't make you have to agree with everything he said if you like what he's actually saying. We're going to do that next here the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, "Mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. I think we'll take calls at the end, but in the last segment, if you call in, you can ask about any sports topic or whatever, because we'll do life advice tomorrow if you don't want to make it nauseating. Although the Tony Robbins show, uh, there's two things I've always wanted to do. I wanted to do a retro 90s show where all the rejoins were 90s music and then the bits were all 90s bits, you know, do Mount Rushmore's, a lot of Mount Rushmore's. But I don't know who I want to do it. I think Rosenberg would have been able to do it. Like all three hours. So if we call in, if we do a call in in the last segment, because we had full phone lines when I said we weren't going to take calls, you have to end every question with, I'll hang up and listen. And it'll just be random. You know what I mean? We'll go from, is this, who should I pick up, fantasy kicker? I mean, just so many different questions. The kind of stuff that before I, you know, before I really knew what the job was, that I used to study everything in a way that was a massive waste of time because I was afraid about taking calls and not knowing like who a backup kicker would be. Anyway, the Rosilla Show on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. More independent agents sell Progressive Insurance than any other brand. Find an agent at Progressive.com. Now that's Progressive. Mike Mitchell, safety, Pittsburgh Steelers. He went off uh, yesterday, and actually the sound is great, okay? So I want Bubba, I want you to start and stop it for me instead of me hitting all these separate clips 
because it could go really long, but it's really, really good. And he's a frustrated player. He's a player that's been called dirty by a lot of different guys around the NFL. But I think because of that, you can't ignore his general point, which is that, man, what do you want us to do? And this is all in the aftermath of that bloodbath of a game between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati on Monday. So here is Mitchell. He was in front of his locker. I've watched the video now uh, twice. And it was in my office this morning, like checking this whole thing out. But here's a big chunk of his general message of like, what do you want us to do? So I'll just tell you when I want to stop it. All right. End of the day, this is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because I don't got to wear heavy. But give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full speed contact football and we're not doing that. I feel like I got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's I, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to die for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't die, if he don't get in the head, that's 50 grand out of my pocket. Though, okay. Because I almost always take the side of the safety. What we ask these safeties to do in the NFL now is impossible. And I actually don't think anyone disagrees. I just don't, I just don't think they care. The point is this, is that whenever it's the offensive player going up to make the catch or going down to make the catch, the target changes. So if you were diving at something to tackle it, to hit it, to disrupt it, and a lot of times have that person that you're hitting be as big as you or sometimes, especially with the tight ends, be bigger than you, you're trying to hit them with force. And it will end up many times looking far worse than what the intent was. Now, Aloka yesterday, at least when that news came out that it was overturned, I, w- I was actually happy about that. I actually think he was trying to get Antonio Brown a little bit more there. But if you don't have a much of a track record, it's fine. We can move on. Juju, his hit was nasty on perfect. Then he stands over him. Then he's out. But I agree with Mitchell that as a safety, you're you're asking me to do the impossible. I think you know that, NFL and you're still going to whack me anyway because you're constantly trying to promote this idea that we are supposed to be safer. And you want to know why this is happening? It's happening because of your alums, your former players, guys that I work with, have worked with, NFL players. And it was weird, man. Some of the NFL guys that I worked with, Mark Schlayer is one of my favorite dudes ever, right? He comes in. I go, are you going to do the lawsuit? He goes, absolutely not. I wouldn't give back a day. I don't regret anything, almost 20 surgeries, whatever the insane number is for him. He goes, I'm not putting myself down. I don't feel like I have concussion symptoms later on that that are effective enough. And I go, all right, that's cool. Like, I respected that. And then there was another guy. I'm not going to say his name. He wasn't really one of my favorite dudes here anyway. And he goes, you know, he was walking around like, congratulations, we won. And I'm like, win what? He's like, won the lawsuit. And then somebody somebody else was like, are you hurting? Do you, you feel bad? He's like, nope, but we, we deserve every penny. And I kind of understand his point. I understand the former NFL guy that you know doesn't have a ton of money, maybe made some bad investments going, all right, they're giving out like checks for 100 grand if I just sign my name to this list. Like, I'll go ahead and do it. So I can't be totally against you, but if it's somebody here who's had a really good career and then they're on this, this concussion list and they go ahead and get their check, like I go, you know, I guess kind of go ahead and get yours. But I don't know, man. That one's tough. But what I always do with all of this stuff is I'm always trying to figure out like whose side do I want to take. And I usually always want to take the safety side in this spot. So keep rolling this thing with Mitchell because then it gets a little more personal here. But if he don't die, if he don't get in the head, that's 50 Hit grand again, out of my real pocket. Quick, sorry. 
He's talking about the Eifert hit. I went back and watched it this morning. The throw by Dalton wasn't insanely bad. He led him a little bit. Eifert had to go down. And then you're right. So Mitchell's saying, okay, so I get hit 50 because the target changes. And that's real money. I don't care how rich you are. 50 grand? Like nobody, you have an expectation of what that check is going to say every two weeks. You don't like it when it looks less. Keep it rolling. Because Andy throws a bad ball. Make that make sense. And at first you're taking our money, but now, you know, I got like Matt Hasselbeck calling me a dirty player and trying my character, and we've never met before. Timeout. Okay, so it's Hasselbeck calling him a dirty player. So what's how do we all separate into our camps, right? Like every topic now. Oh, well, that's a quarterback. That's why he's saying Mike Mitchell's dirty. They hit on Alex Smith by Mike Mitchell's a dirty hit. Okay, Mike Mitchell has a rep, and here's a deal with dirty players. None of them ever think they're dirty. Not ever. Okay, Bruce Bowen, he's like, I'm not dirty. I was like, Bruce. If you're not a dirty player, then nobody is. And Bruce would come in right now if you sit next to me and say, no, no, I wasn't dirty. I'd be like, Ray Allen hates you. Vince Carter went from zero to 100 and wanted to kill you on the court. You know, the play on Amari Stoudemire, like, look, you're a dirty player. It's okay. It's part of your game, but you're a dirty player. So Mitchell wasn't having it. He calls out Hasselbeck. You'll say, well, wait a minute, if I'm siding with Mitchell, then I think Hasselbeck said it because he's an ex-quarterback. And then you go, well, wait a minute, Tony Gonzalez called him that. And you go, well, Tony Gonzalez is saying it's dirty because he's a chief. You're like, all right, Mark Schlereth called him dirty. I'm like, well, Mark Schlereth's just doing it because he's what? You're like, all right, whatever, man. Then I guess nobody's dirty. Mike Mitchell can be a dirty player and be absolutely right, and I can have no sympathy for any of this anymore because that's the other part. Russillo Show, it's ESPN Radio, ESPN News. I have close... Friends, close friends in this business that I think somehow take some joy in calling out every NFL misstep. And what I've tried to say throughout this entire reconfiguring of how we watch football, how complicit we feel, what what is right and what is wrong, like Mitchell's whole point about like I'm signing up for pro tackle football. And I'm like, yep, and I'm sitting down to watch it. And I don't want this story to happen, and it's happening to Ryan Shazier. It's awful, and we still don't really know what the hell's going on, and that's scary. But I'm not going to sit at home and go, I should enjoy this less. I'm not going to sit at home and go, possibly a concussion, and send out a tweet and get mad at the league. Like, I'm not going to do these things because I am accepting. I have an expectation of what this game will be on Sundays when I watch it. And I've come to this point where like, where I'm going to be okay with it. It's not going to be perfect. The NFL is in this spot where they have to present themselves as safe and family and all these things when it inherently will never be safe. And I think we all need to be okay with it. We need to be okay with it as consumers, as media members, as guys that are playing it every week. We have to be okay. And that's kind of the side I'm on. I'm on the side of Let's come to a point where we can all agree that this is never going to be perfect the way people want it to be perfect. It will never be perfectly safe. And that's something I'm okay with. And I think Mitchell is just trying to tell you, look, you can think I'm a dirty player. I think you're wrong, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong about how hard it is to play this game with the way we're trying to change these rules on the fly. Sashi Brown out as man. He's not really in charge because he's under deep Podesta, but the general manager of the Browns. And Mel Kuyper on Rosen over Darnold right now if they both were to come out. We're going to do all that with Mel right here at Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources Director Fernando Pino has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, he's completely crushing it. He even has his own hype song. 
supporting our entire workforce. Everyone has different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Motivating and engaging our people every step of the way. Chronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Chronos.com/hrswagger. We got Mel Kuyper Jr. with us, and we're pumped to have him as he's making his way up around these parts from time to time. Even though it still seems so early, but uh, that's good, man. Draft as the college football season is over, other than the bowl games, right here on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. Mel, what's going on, man? How are you? Ryan, great to be with you, man. We've got the one double A playoffs this weekend. Uh, a lot of good prospects, by the way, Ryan. I know you'll be looking at in those games. So it's not just the main guys, the major college guys. Uh, some real good players will be on display for NFL GMs this weekend. Give me a sense before we get into the draft stuff and the latest rankings you've had on what you see is going on here. Because we're going to do this Cleveland Brown story a little bit later. They loaded right. up on draft picks, but how bad of a job do you think Sashi Brown and this front office have done with Paul D. Podesta in trying to figure out a way to improve this roster? They would have done a A-plus, remarkable, phenomenal job, Ryan, had they just taken the quarterback who was sitting there for them. They did a lot of other great things that are kind of just, you know, pushed to the, to the background and pushed to the wayside because of not having the quarterback. And people think this is a team that doesn't have talent. They do. Lost four games by three points. Could have beaten the Steelers very easily opening week, Ryan. They've been competitive in other games. They have talent. They just passed on Carson Wentz. Remember, he took Manziel over Derek Carr. Then they passed on Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Had they just taken Carson Wentz, where would they be right now? With all the talent around them, now they still need some receivers that can catch the football. We know that. But this is a team that a GM is going to be re- very thrilled to take over. Okay, at that number one pick, so say Cleveland ends up with it when it looks like it's going to happen here, does that mean it's a slam dunk because of the other quarterbacks that needed the position? Would Josh Rosen be your guy if Mel Kuyper Jr. is GM of the Browns? Wouldn't be a player right now. I would put the, as the number one guy right now and say mark it down, Ryan. It's wide open. And I think the decision on who do you take, the GM will make that call. Say Cleveland. You have Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser has shown flashes. He doesn't have receivers catching the ball consistently. We know that. He can move. The touchdown-interception ratio is horrible. He's around 50%. We know all that. But he was a second-round pick, Ryan. You can still draft that quarterback. Let them figure it out. By year four for Kaiser, we already know where we are, and we've got to get a quarterback. So you have to figure, is it Rosen, Darnold, or Josh Allen? Or is it somebody else like Baker Mayfield, Mike White, Western Kentucky, Drew Locke, Missouri? If he came out, there's other quarterbacks. You've got to figure that out. And you're in this predicament because you didn't take Wentz, and you didn't take certainly Watson. So here you are. you got to look at the quarterback. Say, who is the number one guy right now? I would say this, Ryan. You said it's too early. It's way too early to define rankings. Say, this guy's lock, stock, and barrel, the number one quarterback. It is right now very wide open. Okay, I understand it's early at least on what their decision would be, but in your time evaluating the guys, do, I mean, do you – I know you have Rosen ahead of Darnold, at least on your latest big board. I can't imagine that's changing now. And By that much, Ryan. I mean, Darnold was number one at the beginning of the year. Darnold may go back. Keep in mind, we're talking about a lot of guys that could go back to college. The majority of players in my top 25, Ryan, are juniors. We don't know if they'll be in the draft or out of the draft. I don't really like talking about them till mid-January when they declare because they have a decision to make and they have an advisory board to help them and a lot of other avenues to help them. But there's a lot of kids that will be watching in these bowls that could go back, and Darnold being one of them. I mean, he got really much better, got hot late, 
Once he got used to new supporting cast, remember that offensive line took some hits, the receiving core took major hits with Juju Smith-Schuster, another top receiver moving on. So he got a lot better. And if he keeps going through the process, it could be Darnold. Rosen's got durability concerns, injured two years ago, injured this year. Love of the game, passion for the game, all that. Interviews will be important for him. Josh Allen, you got to love him, Ryan. He's got all the talent in the world. He's got the shoulder, though, he's dealing with now. Missed the last two games. We'll see if he plays in the bowl. Okay, Here's a kid lost his center. His top running back, wide receiver, and tight end all to the National Football League. We, we knew in August he'd be up against it. And then you got Baker Mayfield and those other quarterbacks I mentioned, Ryan. So a lot of work to be done between now and late April. We're talking about Mel Kuyper Jr., the Russillo Show on ESPN Radio. Okay, give me a guy. It's kind of like that Aaron Donald deal where he ends up being, and I'm not saying like this guy has to be the best defensive right. player in the league, but Donald we knew would be a first-round pick out of Pitt, but we were worried, you know what? He's a little smaller. Is, is he right? Is he going to hold up at the front at a nose tackle position? But then again, like everybody loved him. Do you have somebody that you love but at least isn't talked about as a top 10 pick? Well, I have him up there, and I don't know if he's being discussed by everybody. Bradley Chubb from NC State is going to go in the top 10. I talked about him maybe going number one, number two, number three overall. We know Miles Garrett was elite. Miles Garrett's had a great rookie year coming back from the injury. And I think you know, Bradley Chubb won't be viewed in that freakish talent light. But this is a kid who has produced. He's got a tremendous motor, passion for the game. And I think after all said and done, you're going to hear back Bradley Chubb up there with the best players in this draft. Now, you think about Dallas Goddard, a tight end at South Dakota State. We'll see them this weekend, Ryan. Here's a kid who's a tight end with that Zach Ertz, Todd Heap type ability. Here's a kid who could get into the late first round and be one heck of a pass-receiving weapon in the National Football League. I love Bradley Chubb, so I, I totally see where you're going with that one. Um, if you're the Giants, okay, what would you rather do? Start a rookie next year or come, by, come back with Eli for one more year? Yeah, that's going to be a call that the GM's going to have to make. I think Eli with Denver, with Jacksonville, there may be a change of scenery there needed. Davis Webb, they drafted, but they got to draft a quarterback, Ryan. And I think whether Eli's there or not, they got to look at the quarterback position. I know Saquon Barkley's going to be tempting. I don't take a running back that high unless you have to. And the coordinator and head coach say, we got to have this guy as a missing link. That's not the case right now with the Giants. The quarterback is necessary. They got to evaluate those guys and they got to make a call because they're going to have a big time quarterback prospect staring them in the face. They just have to figure out which one they want who do you like better than as an impact player between derwin james safety florida state and minka fitzpatrick who looked like he did everything i mean both of them played multiple positions all over the place but minka at alabama yeah, they're different kind of players. It depends on what you want. Minka Fitzpatrick can be a slot corner. He can be a regular corner. He can be a safety. He is perfect for today's NFL. Defensive coordinators, Ryan, will love him. It's really a four-safety uh, corner situation. Safeties aren't being phased out, but obviously you can't have that striking ability that you used to have. I compare Derwin James to Steve Atwater. I think he's that kind of player. Phenomenal talent. Both are going to go very high. James had the injury a couple years ago. You know, he's obviously not going to play in the bowl game. We know why there. They don't want to risk injury. Uh, but certainly those two kids will go, I think, in the top five. And I think Minka Fitzpatrick, after all said and done, will be in the discussion, Ryan, depending on who the team is, to be the number one, number two pick overall. Last one, Baker Mayfield, first rounder. Definitely a first-rounder, I think, unless something happens away from the game because you got to always wonder, you know, these antics, the, uh, the off-the-field issue – the, you know, he's going to be 23 by the time they draft, right? And, you know, right now, Sam Darnold is 20. He'll only be 20 if the draft doesn't turn 21 until June 5th. Uh, you, know, you look at the other quarterbacks, very young. He's going to be 23, and he's got to show the maturity to be the CEO. We know he, when talent, Ryan, I know he's six feet tall, but he's got that body type of Russell Wilson. 
on talent, he'd be a top 10 to 15 pick. The antics are the reason why do you trust him to be the CEO. That could push him down just a bit. Makes him, I think, Ryan, the most polarizing player in this draft. So wait a minute. You think that Mayfield's antics prevent him from being top 15 more so than his height? Well, Russell Wilson was 5'10 and three quarters. Okay, he went in the Russell third Wilson round. went in the third round yeah. because of that. Because if you redrafted Russell Wilson, he'd be a top five, number one pick overall. Okay, nobody would care about the 5'10 and 5'8, 5'10 and three quarters. But at that time, it mattered. It was a third round pick because nobody else had done it to that level. He was being compared to maybe Seneca Wallace. Okay, you couldn't find comps. Now you have Russell Wilson who did it. Six feet? Who's six feet? Michael Vick was right around six feet. Drew Brees, okay? So now you have an area where, hey, that's not going to be a big factor. But the antics are the reason why I don't want to get a call at 3 a.m. about my quarterback. I got enough to worry about. I don't want my quarterback to have any issues. And Baker Mayfield has had some issues that lead to maturity concerns. He's going to be interviewed. They're going to do a lot of work on him, and they got to figure it out. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be cons- compared to Johnny Manziel. You would be more <laughs> in a better position to be compared to Russell Wilson, who on a scale of 1 to 10 character-wise, Ryan, was considered before the draft to be a 15. Okay, That's why the CEO deal is important for a quarterback. Baker Mayfield has not proven that yet. Great player on the field. That's college. This is the NFL. But I say this, Ryan, had it not been for those antics and that it was immaturity concerns, he would go in the top 10 to 15 overall. Whether he'll go there now, we'll see what happens between now and late April. Awesome. Thanks, Mel. Look forward to catching up with you throughout. That's Mel Kuyper Jr. You can also check out the Kuyper's first draft pod. That's with McShay. And that's returned. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app. Russilla Show brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Try it for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Russ. That's R-U-S-S. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Russ. Okay, up next, Stephen Jackson in less than 20 minutes. All story time from our guy, on NBA stuff, but the only people that trust the process are the ones that don't make the decisions. We'll explain what that means right here on ESPN Radio. Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh wait, there it is. I was really worried for a second. Oh, they took your stereo too. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Sashi Brown is out. He is the head of personnel for, was the head of personnel for the Cleveland Browns. And your man, Adam Schefter, broke this down and said, look, Jimmy Haslam, the owner, not working out. They put together a bunch of draft picks. We'll go over those. They've got a ton of picks in 2018. The problem is, thanks for the picks, we just don't want you making them. He has accumulated... Six extra draft picks in the next draft. They have over almost $100 million in cap space. They were building something. Now, the Browns didn't want to wait, and they made the change today to fire Sashi Brown. The analytics part of the front office is expected to be swept out as well. We have Paul D. Podesta there. He's drawn a lot of attention and scrutiny, but look, they're going to be hiring a new GM. The new GM is going to want to bring in his people. He's not going to want Sashi Brown's people. So this is the first of many dominoes to fall inside this front office the picks for the browns 2018 two picks in the first round three picks in the second round a third two fours two fifths two sixths and a seventh and he put together this 
this this draft board. He and Deep Podesta too. Like, and I wonder. Wait a minute. Is Deep Podesta like totally going to be in the clear on this deal? It's very obvious that Hugh Jackson, the head coach, didn't like what the front office was doing. Okay, this has been going on for a while. There was a battle about taking Miles Garrett, and then of course, and I actually think these are a little unfair because it happens a lot. Like, I don't like when somebody gets mad at a GM in the NBA and goes, "Well, he passed on Draymond Green," and you go, "Dude, everybody passed on Draymond Green." Okay. But when you're the Browns and you're, and this always happens to the analytic guys, the non-analytic people hate you because you're just a bunch of nerds, and then the analytic people hate the Neanderthals that look at this and go, oh, see, stupid nerd got fired. And then you're like, well, that's not right either. And this is, again, about these camps. We just we just single file into every little camp. If you're pro-analytics, the analytics weren't wrong. The execution was. If you're anti-analytics, you're like, nerd. That's it. So... It's very simple to figure out how everybody's going to react to this stuff. But the head coach was not on the same page. Deshaun Watson criticism, okay, but that was not a slam dunk, man. That was not a if he If he had gone one and they moved on, fine. The Wentz thing, I actually side with the Browns. I mean, that's really tough. North Dakota State, Carson Wentz, missed a bunch of time, played about half his last season, and you go, this is, this is the guy that I'm supposed to trade up for? No. Nope. So that comes back to bite him. But I really think the A.J. McCarron thing was the biggest problem here. Having the McCarran deal done and then not done, and then all the conspiracy theories out there, which at the end of all of them, if any one of them were true, they were all bad for the Browns. You wanted to do the deal, but then you didn't do the deal. You got it approved by your owner, but you didn't really want to. You sent in your paperwork the wrong way, but you did that on purpose because you didn't want to do the trade that you just agreed to and you're wasting everybody's time. That all led to being bad for Sashi Brown, and who knows what kind of clearinghouse they do with this whole deal. This is a lot of GMs. So many GMs. 10 since 1999. Do you know how hard that is to do? Yeah, that's more than one every two years. All right, let's take some calls. I'm afraid of doing this. Although, Saruti does have a question. This would be like Saruti calling in right now. Go ahead. Steve from Connecticut. Uh, Would you rather (laughs) have... You have to end every call, though, by saying I'll hang up and listen. We're doing local segment now. Going forward, would you rather be the GM of the Browns or the GM of the Giants? I'll hang up and listen. Okay, well, I understand what you're going to do because this is the whole Sixers process thing. And the worst thing yeah, about I'm the I'm an process- analytics guy. Yeah, yeah, you're an analytics guy, nerd. Uh, I'm a hinky disciple. I get it. Yeah, right. Hinky at least had guys that you said if it works out. Who, where's the Embiid on the Browns? Because even if Garrett's a monster, it doesn't have the impact. I mean, this is... Basically, you needed the Embiid-Simmons version of a quarterback where you go, if it's right with this dude, that's going to be awesome. And instead, you got Kaiser, Hogan, and Cody Kessler. So, no. There's there's nothing. There. I'd rather be the GM of the, the Giants because I'm the Giants. And I think it matters being the Giants even though they don't have this draft. And by the way, the, st- the whole cap space thing, that's the most misleading stuff in the NFL because the way the cap works and now you can carry it over – Everybody has a ton of cap space. Everybody does. All right, let's go to Scott in Denver. You can ask any sports question, but you have to you have to hang up and listen at the end. Hello, Scott. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Great. All right. I need to talk about Nebraska. Okay. I think you've forgotten what Nebraska can be. In 97, when Scott Frost won a national championship there, nine of the 11 starters on offense were from the state of Nebraska. So Nebraska- and Scott is trying to bring back the walk-on program, and he brings a lot of passion. All right, I'll hang up and listen. Scott, I can hear your passion. 
in that call. And this I forgot what local radio was like, where you just you go on a Browns rant and then somebody calls in to be like, You're not being fair to Nebraska. We should do this. We should, I want to do a I might do the whole show like this tomorrow. Um I don't have time to really address that other than so wait a minute, going back, all these Nebraska players have been leaving the state, and that's why the Cornhuskers haven't been as good. Problem solved then. Jordy in New York, we'll have you call back later. We'll make a special appointment for you. Okay, one hour of basketball stories with Steven Jackson. Nothing better than that next.